We felt like this is a story that the world needed to see. It's funny because football, for us, too, we always see it as a way out. Yeah, I get to the highest level, the NFL, and they're complaining about my style of play. Yeah. My style yeah. of play is because of that man right there. <laughs> Welcome to WRTS We Run This Station, the athlete-run podcast channel presented by Uninterrupted. I'm Matt Perret, former professional baseball player, now social media producer here at Uninterrupted, and I'm joined by John Fontanelli, Uninterrupted podcast producer. Hey, Matt. What's up, man? So, John, give everyone the spiel, the spiel that you always do. You do it so well, so I want to hear it. This is the fifth installment of Who's Interviewing Who, the podcast series. Who's Interviewing Who is a roundtable discussion show that features athletes and culturally relevant figures talking about one central theme or topic. This week's theme is Warriors of Liberty City. Warriors of Liberty City is a program that was started in South Miami for at-risk youth uh, so they could play football in their neighborhood, which was adapted into a six-part docuseries for stars that premiered last fall. This conversation features Luther Campbell, a.k.a. Uncle Luke, who's the founder of the WOLC program, as well as Chad Johnson, retired All-Pro NFL wide receiver, and Devontae Freeman, current star NFL running back, as well as the CEO of Uninterrupted, Maverick Carter. You don't strike me as a South Beach kind of guy. I've never been to Miami. I had to, the only time I've been down to Miami is uh, because of baseball, actually. Mm -hmm. And that actually reminds me of something that came up in this conversation that I found really interesting. So Mav mentioned how sports afforded him the opportunity to see other parts of mm -hmm. the country and even other parts of Ohio. Being a minor league baseball player and a college baseball player, I'm sure you traveled a lot. Tell me about how baseball afforded you the opportunity to travel. I got to see parts of the U.S. that I probably would have never gone to. And I got to see so many different people that are outside of what I was used to in growing up in Maine and in Boston. That's really interesting. All right, Matt, I think I'm ready for this conversation. No, and I think everyone's uh, ready for me to be done rambling. So take a listen. Down here in Miami with you boys. You know, yeah. it's funny. I was thinking about on the way down here, like football. I'm from Ohio. So oftentimes getting conversations with people because I really believe Ohio has top three states for football in the country. <laughs> top three? Top three. Disrespect. Disrespect. Oh, Wait a minute. In what order? In what order does but, that go? But the one thing I know for sure, we're behind Florida. State of Florida is behind. I think it goes, uh, Florida and Texas are the two best, I think. And I think Ohio and I think California. And the way I think about it is I think like when you watch college football, it's only a few states that can win a national championship with only players from that state. And Ohio has done that. Florida, obviously. Florida has three schools that can do it. But obviously down here, y'all play football and it emanates from places like Liberty City. Like that's where it comes from. And I've been watching the U since a kid. I mean, all the way back to the 80s watching the U. And it comes from a place like Liberty City. What does, tell me, Chad, I'll start with you, then free to Uncle Luke. What's your first memory of Liberty City? What do you first remember about playing football? I remember everything starting at, I was, I started out at Miami Lakes Optimus. And then I realized I'm like two blocks away on Charles Hattie Park. And they, I hear about, my grandma told me, you know, they starting. Your grandmother raised you? Yeah, my grandma raised me. They, they starting the Optimus team, you know, right across the street by Alapata. I'm like, cool, we ain't got to take that drive all the way, you know, 30 minutes away every day. And I, I can remember some of my coaches, man. Coach Zeke. Remember Coach Zeke? Coach Zeke, yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, Coach Tubbs. How old were you? Ooh. What was that first year? First year? Nin first year was like 90. 
Man, 30 years ago. 30 yeah, years I, can, ago. I, I can't even remember. So, yeah. In Ohio, we start people at eight. How old did y'all start in Liberty City? Four. 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 Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and four. Man, it, it was Helmets, a, full gear, four. Everything. I mean, it Hyper was, boys. <laughs> it was a joy for me. It was a joy just to be able to, to play with the young the young bulls I grew up with, you yeah. know, in, in the area. You ain't had to, you ain't had to venture out. And that, at that time, there was nowhere for us to go. We all had to be on the outskirts when it came to playing a competitive sport. Yep. Exactly. Free, what about you? What's your first memory? Um, my first memory was uh I was playing baseball at Moore Park and uh we we had to play Liberty City for one game. Liberty City we always had like the top baseball team and uh we couldn't they had this pitcher, he was really good, named Javon. Really good, really good. Nobody couldn't hit him. So I slapped him. Across the gate, I hit the ball across the gate. So you sure, you sure you hit the ball across? The I gate? hit the ball across the gate. He was there. He was there. I'm limping, hurt toe. I gotta call Coach. Walk around the base. Uh, I'm like limping, and you know, uh, we was talking after the game, and ever since then, like, just been a warrior since. Ever since, now, Uncle Luke. For you, obviously, I grew up loving Uncle Luke. But the two live crew, do the brown Uncle Luke. That's the, <laughs> exactly. that's the version of Uncle Luke. I get do. the party going. Yeah, get the party going. Exactly. I was a kid watching my cousins get ready for to go to the party or getting their party on and listening to the two live crew. How did you, what made you get into, go from that Uncle Luke to running Liberty City? How did you make that transition? Well, uh, for me, you know, uh, playing organized football, I had to go all the way to Miami Beach. To play, and I played for Noah Optimus. When you were a kid? When I was a kid. So I always said if I ever get two cents over my lunch money, me and my homeboys, <laughs> we wouldn't have to go all the way over there to, exactly. you know, to play ball. When I live right around the corner from Hadley Park. So what I ended up doing, I said, you know, when I did get a couple of dollars, start the program, me and Coach Sam, you know, went to him because he had a baseball program. What year was that? What year did you start? That had to be like 94. Wow. Way back then. I mean, he was doing baseball. And then, you know, he came to me for a sponsorship. And I said, well, I always want to do football out there. You know, because I always had a field and everything. Kids would be playing. So we basically started it from that point on. Got it. And and that was in 1994. So And the programs. And I read somewhere you you obviously was making money in the music business. But you put $100,000 into this program. What, what Like you... What made you really feel that, like, I got to donate not only my time, but my money and put all that I have into it? Well, I thought it was important to give back because when we traveled to Miami Beach to play football, you know, and I ended up, you know, going to Beach Island playing football, we would get home 12 o'clock at night, you know, 11, 12. And, it, you know, and they were passing us along because we played football on the beach. So all my friends, just like Chad said, some of my friends would be in Miami Lake, some in Sunland. We were scattered all over the place, uh, but we lived on the same block because people would pick it up, pick us up, to take us to different places to play. So I just wanted everybody, every one of these kids, to be able to stay in that neighborhood and play with their homeboy who lived next door to them. That's pretty amazing that in that neighborhood with all that talent, okay. there was nowhere for y'all to play. It was nothing mm -hmm. because the parks were there, right? Yeah. So what was going on in the parks? Nothing. I mean, what everybody's swimming. You know, everything we did really wasn't based in a, in a structured environment. Yeah. You know, we throw up tackle in the street, mm -hmm. you know, 
Stop. When the car come, everybody got to freeze. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what we're Everybody's doing. still inside you, but yeah. exactly. I mean, then, you know, you have people like, you know, Luke come along and, and, and see that vision. That vision, we can't see it. Yeah. It took people like him to see it, you know, giving us some, giving us an outlet. Exactly. You know, and I think, you know, having that outlet, you know, you had two ways to go back then. Either going left, you're going right. There ain't no in-between. Yeah. And once we had that outlet, man, if you was disciplined and had the right people in your corner, yeah. man, the sky was the limit. And it's, it's funny, I was having this conversation actually with LeBron last night. We was talking about, like, so I grew up, I grew up like one of the characters in the show, actually. My dad took me to play football when I was eight, first time, and then he was in my life, but then he went to jail, selling drugs, so he was gone. I would talk to him from prison. I kept playing. But LeBron grew up, he, his dad died before he was even two. So in his life, he never had a dad. So his version of a dad is a coach because he played football when he was six. He played baseball. He played basketball when he was nine. So in his, his version of, of a dad is a coach. That's all he knew. And, and obviously it worked out for him. So I was talking to him about raising his boys and is he is he is he learned to be a father and separate the father from the coach? And obviously, all the kids in Liberty City are going to a lot of them. Their father figures are the people at the park. Was that a part of starting it too? Oh, that was that was one of the main thing, one of the main parts of it. Because when you look at the areas, mostly single parent household situations. You know, a lot of the kids come from uh, pork and bean. A lot of a lot of kids was coming from the Scott. Because at that and there was time, the projects around the yeah, park, right? And a lot of kids was coming from Overtown because yeah. there was no Overtown Optimus. There was no Grand Cherry Optimus. You know, it was nothing in the area. Only thing close uh, in that area was Northside Optimus. So all the kids would, you know, all those kids would eventually end up over at our park. You know, when we started it, you know, I started out with 50,000, but then it grew into 100,000 because the park just got swole. I mean, we had two. Uh, every pound out there, and it was it was it was amazing. Now, now tell me about is Liberty City? Is it one project that come to Liberty that play at the park, or is it a couple Liberty, projects? Liberty City, How does it work like? in its whole, you have Liberty City, and you have different areas of Liberty City. Of Liber so with, Liberty City that. is a section of Miami, yeah. And within that, so Liberty City ain't just one neighborhood; it's a, it's a bunch of neighborhoods that yeah. come to the park. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got you got. You, I mean, Scott comes into play, then you have. Then you have uh, the Pork and Bean, which is Liberty Square Housing Projects. Then out of Powder, yeah, which is the '40s. So you got yeah. all that. Connected. And which part of Liberty City are you from, Chad? Um, I'm in the '40s, so 40s. probably Alapata. You, you, you know, how about you, you Alapata? Uh, like I, from like Alapata to the Pork and Bean Projects. Got that's what I like, got. Got it. And that all filters into the park, so the park yeah. must have been flooded. The park Once was you, the middle. It was flooded yeah. with kids. Yeah, 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 flooded. It was a flood of kids. I, I, I got a question. This is this is dope. It's been 30 years, right? Uh -huh. And I'm curious to know how did we all come about and why are we just being able to tell our story and our background like now? I think, you know, obviously Evan, who created the show and the filmmaker, him and Uncle Luke hooked up and got to know each other doing the U. Obviously, for, for ESPN, the 30 for 30, we all know about the U and how great it was. And Evan and Uncle Luke spent time, I think over like 10 years, right, Uncle Luke? Mm -hmm. Getting to know each other, spending time. And Evan really, as a he's a brilliant filmmaker and storyteller, recognized this is a story that needed to be told for a couple of reasons. Because of what Uncle Luke meant 
and who Uncle Luke is as a character and what he now means to Liberty City. I think also for us um, seeing, for Evan seeing what was going on at Liberty City, like out of nowhere, Uncle Luke kind of built this program and now it is one of the most recognized uh, youth football programs in America, producing some of the greatest players we've ever seen play this sport. And, and once Evan did the piece, he did a piece for Vice on the project and then brought it to us, we were like, this is a story that hits home for LeBron and I because it's like, that's us. If we were, Liberty City looks just like the place where we grew up playing. Um, so if you had to pick some of the characters in there, how, which, which character you would relate more to? The, I really related to George and his son. Mm -hmm. um, felt like me and my dad when I first started. Um, and then obviously, as I said, my dad then went to jail. Um, like one of the characters in the show who had to spend time talking to his dad on the phone. I remember those days, like, I remember the days, I have pictures, I, in fact, I was looking at them because I came, I was at home in Ohio of going to visit my dad in the federal penitentiary and telling him about football. And that was, you know, my dad dropped out of school when he was in, he would say the 10th grade, my grandmother says the 9th, and he would argue like a motherfucker the 10th. And I'm like, it's really no difference. <laughs> like, like, what's the difference? But he dropped out the 9th, and he all he knew was the streets. So he knew the streets and he knew sports. So that was like his connection with me. He, he didn't want me in the streets, so the way we connected was sports, because he didn't know nothing else. He didn't know nothing else. He didn't know nothing. So that was our connection. So I remember him going to jail, and when we'd be on the phone, he would always ask me what's going on in football, catching up with the players, how'd you play, you know, and trying to encourage me and give me that feeling. So when I seen George and his dad, it reminded me of that. And then as as I got older, and then he spent that, he's he was in jail for six years. So he missed from when I was basically like nine, eight or nine, all the way to when I was like 14 or 15. So after he saw me play one year, he didn't see me again until high school. So really, it, it really hit home and the stories really hit home. And we and we felt like this is a story that the world needed to see and stars felt the same. I mean, I just think it's, it's a story that a lot of people will relate to. And then people who don't relate to it the way I did or LeBron did will see it and understand the characters and just see the story and really relate to it on an emotional side is what I think. That's what I feel like. Um, and you, Chad, so when you went, you obviously played a, had a fantastic career playing pro, but every summer you felt like in off season, mm -hmm. you came back and spent time with your grandmother. Why was that important to you to come back and be around? That was all I knew. You know, my grandfather, my grandfather died in 94 when I was in high school. My grandma raised me. My dad was never around. My old boy, you ain't no my old boy, huh? Sam Brent, no, probably not. My, my old boy was in prison really my whole life. You know, my mama, she wasn't married. She was in LA at the time, which is why my grandma raised me. That's a whole nother story. And when I got drafted, all I knew was that house on 44th in the, in the 40s. I stayed with my grandma well into my fourth year in the league. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Fourth year in the league, you what? still staying with your grandma? I was cheap. Why I ain't play? <laughs> Listen, I, I didn't play. So that's all I knew. And once I hit that fourth year and I started coming to my own at that level, then I was forced into responsibility, getting my own place. You know, you got kids, you got responsibility. So that's where everything kicked in. And... I mean, I did as much as I could for those that were there from day one, yep. you know, and 
gave back to the programs in, in, in a small way, not to the magnitude like this, yeah. not even close. You know, uniforms, cleats, especially with, depending on who I was um, sponsored by at the time, yeah. and, and did as much as I could. And that's it. And, and you know, in the show, they always talk about Liberty City. As we see, it, me it meant more to him than just football. Uncle Luke, tell us, what else does the program mean? Like, what else does it mean to the families and to the kids that are playing? Like, because it's, it's obviously more than football. Oh, yeah, no no doubt about it. It's a family, you know, just like just like Chad say. You know, and, and they were just talking in the hallway about Chad coming back when he was a kid, uh, going out there, you know, he, uh, with, the, with the little kids, you know, and just going full speed. Uh, against them, Every I mean, time. you know, yeah, just giving them. You go full speed. We eleven years old. He breaking us down. <laughs> full speed. Full speed. Full speed. And probably talking shit too. Yeah. Yeah. Like next. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Day, like it was yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and that's what it means. I mean, is is when you when you look at it, it's, it's a it's a big family. It's generation after generation after generation. His generation being the first generation, Chad and Edie Bo and. And, and a lot of the kids that's now adults working at the park, you know, right now and then his generation and Duke's generation. And there's a whole nother generation uh, where you see Tutu Atwell's in the piece. Now that's his generation. Then now you got George, another generation. So when you look at the program, you know, it, it just goes from generation to generation. And, and it, it, it encompasses a lot because you can't go nowhere I mean, you can't, I mean, we got commissioners and I mean, we have lawyers and politicians that, that actually came out of this program. It's not just football or baseball. It's bigger than that. You go in the airport, I wear a Liberty City shirt. Hey, Coach Lou, you know what I'm saying? You go exactly. in the strip club and it'd be like, hey, Coach Lou. No, no, no. We didn't want to know. No, no, no. Exactly, but you, you, know, but you so, know, it's funny because football for us and, and whether it's Football and basketball too. We always see it as a way out. Yeah. But also, I think you know when we say that as a way out. But I think the other thing people are missing is just a way. It's not not always just a way out to like this is the only way I'm going to make money. But also, it's a way out of whatever situation I might be dealing with at home. I get to go to the park and be around my people who are like my family too, filling the void. That's like you know what people have to understand is they always throw the money aspect is we focus on playing this sport to get to the next level. But yeah, then understand, as a, when you're young, you ain't think about no money, man. Exactly, mm -hmm. you're just playing. You ain't think about no money, you're doing what you love to do, and that is, that's that outlet, that's that sense of peace, even if you don't understand peace, a peace of mind. Yep. Man, as 11, 12, your mama screaming at you, come pick, like when you hit that field, man, nothing matters. matters. <laughs> nothing matters. Yeah. Do you still feel that way playing in the pros now? Yeah, Please? like it's just like you gotta, I feel like the main thing, uh, when you come into the NFL, you know, you still, you probably was at a college program that you was babied and loved and you didn't really see political stuff or favors or stuff like that. But, you know, I had, you know, great people in my life, great mentors uh, to help me with that stuff and learn how to keep football fun and let business be business. Yep. And when I learned to s separate those two, I like, when I'm on the field, I'm just having fun. It's not personal like just playing. having fun in yeah. the business part is not personal it's just business yeah so I had to learn how to you know separate the two and now I could allow myself to go out and have fun and max my full potential exactly I always talk about that too Chad because it's like 
I always talk about when you're an athlete, you watch kids, you just see mm-hmm. the joy and the mm-hmm. love of playing a sport. Nothing else matters. And then once you ascend to the level like you mm-hmm. did, you become famous. Mm-hmm. And you became, you actually did well with the fame and liked it, enjoyed it. But athletes don't go into a sport to be famous. No. It just happens. It's kind of, you know, like actors, you kind of know, if, I'm, if I want to be a good actor, mm-hmm. you kind of going after fame. You mm-hmm. need fame for people yeah. to show up yeah. and watch you. Athletes is just like, I just love to play. It's just like, this is family. And when you watch the kids at Liberty City and mm-hmm. you watch the show, you really get that feeling of like, yeah. that's family. It's filling voids with family and they're just having fun. I just had fun. Yeah. I ain't care nothing about the business side of nothing. So you, I get to the highest level, the NFL, and they're complaining about my style of play. Yeah. My style of play is because that man right there. <laughs> so if you want, if you want to find me, you find Luke. Yeah. If you want to find me, you find Dennis Erickson and Jimmy Johnson and all the hurricanes of the '90s that I grew up watching. Right. That's, that's, that's where that came from. It's the joy. It's, that's, that's, swag. that's it. That's it. That's all. It's at City swag. And at Liberty City, talk trash. Everybody like that. Everybody, everybody's like that. And I just got to that level and chose not to change and conform to what they felt I should be like. Exactly. That's all. Exactly. Oh, he's a diva. He's arrogant. Nah, that's my, my style. environment. Yeah, that's how I That's where I come from. Yeah. yeah. And at Liberty City, Uncle Luke, they started at four like that, right? Yeah. We're playing with the flair, playing with the style, talking trash, having fun. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you play at Liberty City, it's, you automatically is a trash talker. I mean, because you talk trash to everybody else in, 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 in every other program. You know, and that and that that was a big that was a big problem for outside colleges. You know, because once once we realized at the program that we were losing a lot of kids, you know, we kind of extended the program to high school. And once I went to a high school and some of the other coaches started coaching at high school, we kind of understood um, we had to understand colleges and why colleges wasn't recruiting as much in Miami. Yeah. So I I found that. You know, a lot of colleges shied away from a Why? kid from Liberty City because, because they feel like they just had too much swag. They that couldn't they understand it. They couldn't understand They'll come into your, your program and say, no, I want to play right now. And that's just not, just <laughs> exactly. not the way they want it. Yeah, especially know? football. You know, it's funny because football culture, which I, grew, I played football in high school, is like that. They want you to conform and be, you know, other sports, basketball, they, don't, they like, but well, that's how you play. Go ahead and do your thing. Play that way. Or soccer, the same thing. We were talking about soccer earlier. Football. If they yeah. come, if you, you know, if you coaching at Nebraska, and you come see oh, the players in the city, they're like, kid. No. "Oh no, we don't want a Miami kid. Yeah. No, they, no, they're too arrogant. They got too much swag. They talk too much." So we had to kind of explain to these coaches, "No, no, these kids are just competitive." Yeah. You know. So now that's why you see. The Alabamas, the you name it, the, the everybody comes to Miami and try to take they kids get it because yeah. they turn your whole entire program around. Exactly because you bring that energy to the to the locker room, yeah, yeah, to the whole team, and obviously, you know the programs, sports in general, but obviously the program at Liberty City represents for me what really caught me is it represents hope. Like, forget the football, forget the money, because I I'm a true believer that. Hope is the best. Hope will pol- police people better than any other human can police anyone else. Because if you have hope, then if you're about to do something, rob somebody, take something, you're like, but I got hope. There's a chance I could do something great with my life. It'll stop you. Mm-hmm. But the minute that hope goes away, 
and you can't you don't have the feeling of I have a chance to be something greater than what I see in the environment I'm in, you'll do anything because you're like, what difference does it make matter? I'm hopeless. Uncle Luke, how much hope does the program represent for the community of Liberty City? Oh, it's all the hope in the world. I mean, because just like I say, it's bigger than just football. You know, it's 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 father figures, it's mother figures. You know, you got seniors out there mentoring mothers. You know, so when you look at the program, it's, you know, if it was Noah's Ark, I mean, where everybody ended up coming to, <laughs> and then they, when they do leave and go off the Ark, they end up finding their way back. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a surreal family that you really don't understand. But when you get into it, I mean, his his former players are still out there. The guys he played with. You know, and they, they love it. It's a family. And yeah. it's very hard to get into that family now. You yeah. may be a coach from somewhere else and you try, everybody looking at you strange yeah. out there. And I mean, some of his guys are still out there. And, and we just we just continue, you know, we, we just continue that. But like I say, it's bigger than just sports because, you know, we, we have kids, parents that die. They take Quentin Flowers, for example. He's in the program. His mom die, his dad die while he's in the program. While he's playing. While he's playing the program. And there's no grief counselors in high school. There's no grief counselors no more. We're, we're not grief counselors, but we end up becoming grief counselors. Their coaches become the grief counselors. They know that they can go back there and depend on them. You know, and the same thing with the, the young ladies that's in the program. They know that they can depend on the people at that park to be in their life through good, bad, sad, or whatever it may be. Yeah, and I thought that was a great that Evan decided to focus on Destiny, who's a young lady in the program, because the program is not just for young men, it's for everybody in the community. You and the and when you watch the series, you understand the parents are it's hope for them and, and they feel good. And it's a way, you know, they go to work every day, they're trying as hard as they can for their family, but when they go to the to watch a game or the program, they feel great about everything. And you see young ladies, I think, you know, that's in, that was an incredible piece about the whole thing for us too, is that story of it's, it's really about community. It's not just about little bo little black boys playing football, it's about the community. Yeah, it's, about, it's totally about the community. I mean, in, 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 in the community, as far as parents, when, when you as a parent, when you know you could drop your kids somewhere and you know they're gonna be all right. Yeah. That's a safe haven. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That is a very safe haven. And 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 a lot of parents just, you know, they you know, sometimes the program gets overfilled and we have to find a way to get kids into the program. I mean, they 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 love it, you know, grandmothers, mothers, you know, they can go about their day and just know that those kids yeah, are gonna be safe. Because like for you, Chad, you live with your grandmother. Mm -hmm. She knew when you was going to the park, you were straight. You was, was going there. to play football. Yeah. And you she knew you wasn't gonna veer off and do something wrong, right? She knew you was going to play football and coming she back. She knew Coach Sam was going to tighten him up. <laughs> you know what's funny? Which I don't like in today's society. Like, you know, back then, you had your dope boys, right? It, that, that, that was big. At that time, I was at a point where I was good enough in football, even if I wanted to veer off, the ones doing right would send my ass right back. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't let That's you. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. They wouldn't yeah. let you. Like yeah. dead ass. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, if you come their way, they're like, no, nah, take your ass to the park. You don't get your green ass from right here. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Right here. That, that's, that wasn't my makeup. That wasn't in my DNA. Exactly. And they saw it. They enjoyed 
watching me out there on the field. Of course, yeah. 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 They coming to the game. That's where my little extra ice cream money came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. You do good in the game, man. Get a touchdown, exactly. always going to throw you a little something. Some shoes. Some ice cream, some shoes. That's what I like about We're him talking about community now and the way it is now is structured even with the outside influences pulling some of the young kids back, once you get part of that family, again, that hope kicks in. And you understand, looking at Devonta, you know what's on the back end. Exactly. That you sacrifice. Got a shot. You got a shot. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right right from here, which is a big difference. Like, oh, he's from right. He played on the same field. You see Free come around. Them kids see like, oh, shit, he played right here, had this helmet on, these yeah. shoulder pads yeah. on, too. So I got a shot, too. And that hope is what is really all about that that's the best thing you can give people is hope yeah yeah i mean and it, it i mean the national numbers for you program probably you can probably catch the lottery before you get to the nfl <laughs> yeah exactly you know but the, the, the national numbers at, at liberty city Optimus is that's totally different good. you do have a chance yeah. you know what i'm saying when you see chad you see uh freeman you see duke johnson levante davis carrie williams they carry carry play with you during the time you was out there? I don't remember. Yeah, care you, you I mean you you the 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 list goes on and on and on. You know, and then outside of just football, it becomes those successful people. Exactly. You know, like Commissioner Hardeman. Yeah. You know, uh all those different types of people who work in, in different walks of life. And all of them, just like I said, they find their way back. And those kids can look at them and say, you know, hey. He played baseball, and he's the commissioner. Yep. He played here, and he's a professional athlete. Yep. And so, you know, they they're they're fully aware of that, and at the same time, you know, they strive to be better people. Yeah, because also, obviously, like where I grew up, if it, sports was the first time I grew up in a, a small city called Akron, from the north side, sports was the first time I seen any other even part of Ohio. Like I had never. If it wasn't for sport, I might have never saw outside of six blocks before I was seven or eight years old. So I'm sure it's the same. Those kids, that gives you hope, too. When you're like, oh, shit, it's a big world out there. It's like other people doing, you know, it's people doing successful things. And football, A, gives you that structure and it gives you that that way to go see other parts of whether it's just South Florida. Traveling yeah. around playing other teams. We, we beat up thing. a team. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that. that's one thing that stuck with me. Uh, when we was, I was like 10, 11, and uh, 12, we used to always uh, go to the national championship, uh, and it was hosted in Orlando. And, you know, we see like Mickey Mouse, (laughs) uh, Nickelodeon, all that stuff. And we like, dang, like we never really been outside of 79th Street. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Miami. You know, it was 46th to 79th. That's That's it. it. That's it. 30 blocks, that's all (laughs) you get. That's that's all you get, you know. even like Care City was like, dang, like, because it wasn't accessible like it is now. Exactly. So like stuff like that just stuck with us. We used to go ride on a bus and uh, take those trips. And change your whole li- change view, the whole view, view of, of the world. Life. Right? Like you like, like, wow, like it's. I want to come back here. And it's funny because you say in Orlando, you might as well be saying Hong Kong. Yeah. But it's yeah, close. Yeah, it's, it's like, close. you know, a couple hours. But for you, <laughs> it felt like when you only know. see 30 blocks, mm-hmm. an hour away yeah. might as well be that was big. the moon. That was, that was you know big. what I mean? It changed big. the whole way you see yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah. The the success rate the success rate for the kids now in today's society, based off what Luke did back then, is gonna continue to grow. Like, think about now. 
You just named a few names. Mm -hmm. Think about the next generations with the exposure, the Social cameras, media. Yeah. the media. Yeah. Yeah. You got part of Adidas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the exposure that these kids are getting now, man, them coaches are watching. They paying attention. Of course. Yeah. Of course. They watching. Of course. I mean, the recruiters come down right now from major universities, whether it's Nick Saban or anybody. The first thing they'll ask the high school coach, because, you know, I coach high school. Uh, what program? They want to know what youth, what yeah, youth program. If you, play, if you play a recreation program, you don't know. Did you play in Liberty City? Did you play in Gwinnett? Did you play for Overtown? Because then when you look at those kids, those are the kids with the high numbers. You know, they'll start obviously start with us first because the success of these gentlemen here. But, you know, they have it down to a science right now. Of course. You know, because they know, you know, it, it's... It, it's, it's hard to play out there. It's yeah. not it's not easy. It's not recreation. Right. You know, because the, the boys serious. sit on that fence. You, I mean, you see on the fence. Of course. You know, that's the nice part of the fence. Of course. Blow that <laughs> money. <laughs> Blow that money. Exactly. 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 Now, the, the kids who come up in Liberty City program, what high schools do they go to? Do they mostly go to Central and Northwestern? Mostly. Uh, the in Jackson, huh? Yeah. Jackson, Central, the West. Uh... uh uh, Booger T. And which one did you went to the kids for the city. I went, I went to Central. To Central. And yeah. your rivalry is Northwestern? Northwestern. Yeah. Tell me, how, what is that rivalry like? That was crazy. It's like, uh, I mean, like, it was like you uh, one playing Florida State, you know, only for like the city. Like, of course. Small yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Scale. Yeah. Uh, but it was big, though, because it was that trash pile and the whole stadium full up. And, you know, we was all cool homeboys and stuff, but because you know everybody when Central played Northwestern, y'all all know each other. Yeah, we knew all. We knew each other. We used to hang same together. Hood, basically, yeah, hang. yeah. yeah. same hood. Been playing against each other, with each other since yeah. you was kids. Yeah, but we won't be friends on the field. Yeah, like, I mean, of course. We go not. at it like yeah. Right after the game, we'll meet up and straight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know about straight down the street. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on Fifty, the old straight. Uh, yeah, we all knew each other. It was fun though. But it was it was a but it, on the field it was serious. Yeah, it was like it was real serious. It was competitive. Um, after that though, you was like a mini celebrity. Yeah, of course you play good in that game. Yeah, yeah. And now you you a mini celebrity from forty six to seventy nine. <laughs> <laughs> but that's thirty blocks. You thirty blocks. You eighty if nobody know you. Seventy nine, everybody know you. Yeah. Yeah. It made the world. It made the world. It made the world. Yeah, and it was the same thing. You know, when you play overtime. Mm -hmm. uh, you play Gwen Cherry on the park, park swole. I mean, it's crazy amount of people out there. You know, they swinging off the chandeliers. You know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of cocktails in one area. Of course. <laughs> Shish kebab. <laughs> having, yeah. exactly. having a good Shish time. Having a good time. We got Hardy Fox running around with a big red duffel bag. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A lot of things going on. But then, it, it just like, I mean, just like, just like you say, just like Chad say, said uh, earlier when he talked about, you know, it don't matter what kind of crime that was going on. I mean, we probably had one of the most notorious gangs in America, John Doe, and it's, it would be sacred ground out there. You know, until it's still to this day right now, no crime, man. I don't care what's going on in Liberty City, what people may see, you know, around it, whether it's helicopters over there in the beans or whatever it may be in the 40s, you know, that place is sacred ground over there. Exactly. And they, 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 yeah. John, they, they know. Yeah, that John Doe is my era. Mm -hmm. That's my era. And that it's peace. When football is going on, Gwen Cherry, Liberty City, 
what, Northside back then, too? Yep. Northside Bulldogs yep. or the Boys Club? Everything stops. Everything mm-hmm. stops for football. Shut Everything down. stops yeah. for football. Nothing. That's because they know that that's important to the community. Yeah, they know because the crime slowed down because everybody go watch football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, had, yeah. you had the park. You got to know what just happened at the park. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And you don't go out there with the real frame. Yeah. You know, if you got beef, you know, you leave that beef to, to, to the neighborhood. Yeah, and, I, and I, you know, and watching the series, the other thing that made me love the story is, and super relatable for me, obviously, is like watching the fathers who are involved because, you know, for us as black men, it's always a stereotype father is not involved. But you watch the series, all the fathers are involved. And even King's father, who he's not with us anymore, he's still coming around the program and involved. And, you know, it's like that that feeling of, like, knowing whether you have a father or not, that there are men that care for you as a young man is a big thing. And coming to the park, that's what all the kids are getting, whether it be from you or the other coaches or other kids' fathers. Because I remember it might be somebody else's father helping me tie my shoe and teaching me things and teaching me what they know. And that part of his importance is funny because, you know, now I have a son. I think you got a son too, right, mm-hmm. Chad? How, how's your, how's 16 your boy? and 8. 16 and 8. So it's like, for you now, you went on to be a pro player obviously made money. So you can't raise your kids, your sons, exactly how you were raised, but how do you give them some of that feeling still, even though they're, they're growing up different than than we than you did? More so hard, tough love. Yeah. I'm doing tough love. Yeah. My, tough love. my son is at an age now <laughs> to where when he trained, he trained with me, both of them. So everything they do, I just mimic all the stuff I did and we operate that way. As a father, I'm still learning. Yeah. I miss a chunk of their lives because of football. And when it was off season, I was still focused on football. Getting ready. Yeah, training. getting ready because I, had, I, I wanted to make sure I wanted to keep that edge above or in front of everybody else, those that are coming and those that I was competing against, you know, every Sunday. So as be, as far as being a father, I'm still learning. And I'm 40. Actually, I'm 50. You got to add 10 years because all the wear and tear. <laughs> but, but I'm still learning. So I'm, I'm doing the best I can as a dad. You know, being that I didn't do it the traditional way. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place. And so you giving them some of what you learned at the park. Yeah. yeah. He, he had, Chad, uh, Chad had, had a daughter that used to be a cheerleader at the park. And her mother is is still the secretary of the program at, at, at Liberty City. And she's world, I mean, one of the, the, the best cheerleaders at the park. And uh, the mom was the cheerleader commission. Before you know it, you know, she's world-class sprinter. Yep. You know, so now she's not cheering anymore. Exactly. You know, and everybody, you know, even we don't have a track program, but <laughs> she's our track kid. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's like, no, she's from Living City. She's, a, one, she, she's a one-woman oh, track man. program. He told me about it. You have much make you proud. You can tell me about it. Yeah, that. it's dope. It's dope. It's dope to see. I'm I don't, not a track guy. I don't know much about track, but I'm learning on the run. You know, um, like I told Devontae earlier, they had to use football analogy to get me to explain how well she's doing. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a joy to watch, man. My son excelling at receiver. I got the little one coming up. You play high school? Yeah. Yeah. He's love, does he love it? Receiver, yeah. It, I don't force anything. I would did. never force my kids to do anything they don't want to do. It's, they just... Everyone, once they hit like maybe nine or ten, they found what they love, and I just just let it rock. Yeah, and that's the same thing you see at the park. Y'all don't for them kids want to come play. Oh every yeah, day. yeah. The, the the best thing, I mean, it's just like my son. The best thing about sports when they tap you on the shoulder and say, "Let's go practice," yeah. you know, that's when you know 
that they want to do that. You know, and those kids, every day they're out there, hey, coach, you know, uh, they'll go in the gym and they'll start shooting. You know, we never had a gym. We just got a gym uh, thanks to one of the kids from the program, which is the commissioner, Hardiman. You know, once he became commissioner, he builds this $6 million gym because, you know, we never had that. And that's those kind of important things like that, you know, happen in the program. And so now you see other kids going there and excelling at that. Like we, we're probably one of the best basketball programs <laughs> in, in two years, right. just that fast because the kids are so athletic. Exactly. You know, it's similar to what it was in baseball. Yep. Yeah. Let me ask you something. The program been around for over 30 years. Yep. Why do you feel it's relevant to tell the story now? I mean, I think the human stories that the program represents, because it's not really about football, right? Liberty City is a, is a football program. As you said, you have a one-woman track program. But it's not really about sports. It's about humans. And I think why it's so relevant now is because now more than ever, as people, especially as black people, we need human stories about hope. We need to see stories that represent hope for us and people that look like us in our community. Because, you know, when you watch Warriors of Liberty City, it's not, it's not, it's, you're, you're seeing a story of humans and a story about hope and a, a story about people coming together, a story about people helping each other through the lens of football. It's, it's football is just a vehicle. You know, it's, 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 I had a coach tell me once that, you know, when you play basketball, I played basketball all the way through college. Use basketball, don't let basketball use you. It's just a vehicle. The sport is just a vehicle to see these stories about humans. And I think the story that is really about is about hope. It's about a program, about a, a man who figured a way out of the neighborhood, but came back and delivered hope. So I think that's why it's more relevant than ever now, because we need these stories, these human stories about hope. And for you, Uncle Luke, you and Free obviously have a relationship going back for a long time. Tell me about it. Tell me about you and him. And when he first came to the park, what was he like? And now to see him, because you can remember that, those first days of him at the park, and now you see him now, the way he carries himself, he's he's no longer just a football player. He's a professional football player. Right, right. I mean, I mean, just like just like you said earlier, you know, he was playing baseball for a program called Mo Park. And uh, Coach Sam, you know, the other co-founder of the program, he was like, man, you got to come out and check this kid out. You know, he, he, he talks enough trash to be a part of our <laughs> program, right? And he was playing catcher, you know, and he was, you know, for the other team. And, you know, I just stood behind the, behind the back of the, back of the, uh, the cage just talking trash to him. And, and he was talking trash to all our batters that was coming up. And, you know, we basically... Said, hey, look, you you want to come play football over here for us? And and at that point, he was like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, I'm like, but it's gonna be hard. You know, you coming from this this sorry program that you're <laughs> a part of, you know, that we always beat so bad, you know. <laughs> you know, and so he ended up, you know, and, and, and the relationship grew, you know, I learned about his family life. You know, and some of the things that he was going through and trying to strive for, and, and he just was always a good-hearted, genuine kid. You know, there's there's kids that you coach. You know, for me, 
you know, I always said when my career go down, you know, and I get a little more time, I'll go back out to the park and coach. So I started coaching football. And that was the first team that I had. You know, I said, give me the worst team on the park. Coach Sam, man, got the worst team. And before you know it, uh, we then kids started coming, playing, and we just coached them on a, on a, on a college level. We had all kinds of coaches from Coach Vince to Jeff and all that. And, and you know, we, we grew in our relationship, you know, and uh, I learned about him. He learned about me and all the kids used to come over to the house. You know, and uh, jump in the pool. We call them the pool boys. <laughs> you know, because we wanted we wanted them to see something different. Yeah, you know, see and something. As, yeah, and as it as it went older, as they got older, we started taking them on college tours and things like that to broaden their horizons, so they could see something different, other than just what they see in those those eight square blocks of, of the pork mean. And uh, you know, from that point, you know, we just. He, you know, just like family, like my son, just like all the rest of them uh, are my kids. Uh, and that's how our relationship started. And that's why we are today now. Got it. And Free, from your standpoint, what was it like when you first met Uncle Luke and then he was the coach and all the way he to the house? He came to the house looking for the girls. You <laughs> <laughs> looking for the girls? Uh, get the I, ain't, I ain't expecting him to know as much football as, that he knew. You didn't think he was going to be serious about it? Yeah, him, I didn't no. know he was going to be serious based on that's like. His career. Yeah, exactly. You know, you got a celebrity, like, and I'm getting a little taste of it right now. Like, I'm still small, but like, you know, you got a celebrity coming back, giving to kids in the program. My aunties and stuff, they're like, you don't even know your coach like that. I'm like, what y'all mean? They're like, when you get older, you'll find out. So, you know, as I got older and stuff, you know, like we grew, just the communication. I was just, I just always wanted the information. I wanted someone to look up to and someone to inspire me. I always wanted to make it out. And, you know, he was available. So I took advantage of the time. Yeah. And uh, like, it's little stuff. When he would come out to, Chad would come out to the park and uh, Edwin James would come out to the park. And I used to just be like, man, I want to be like them guys. Chad used to wear Reebok cleats, you know? and. Now I'm wearing, I'm sponsored by Reebok. So it's like, all that stuff stuck with me. And, you know, he just always was in my life, impactful. Uh, Anything I do to this day now, I always try to uh, run it by him. And uh, my auntie, Kristen Campbell, uh, I just try to run it by him because they so impactful to my life. And, you know, it's just... I get it. And... And when you go, Chad, hitting on what you was talking about earlier, like when you're just playing football and you're loving it, but then how do you keep that same passion when you become, when you go from being a football player to a professional football player? Because you know it's a, it's, a, it's a difference. You're still a football player, but once they put that professional in front of it, it's a certain way you got to show up to work every day yeah. and certain things you want to do. But how do you keep that passion even I though you're talk, professional? I talk so much, I didn't have a choice. I talked too much. Yeah. I talked too much. I, I went right to the edge, but never really jumped off the cliff. Remember when I had that list mm-hmm. in my locker? The I corners? remember that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah I remember yeah, that. Yeah, At yeah. the beginning, you, you, know, gave how, it you know how bold that is? What, what, like, did you, what was the list? The list, list? It was, I got <laughs> all the best corners? Yeah, all of it based on the schedule. The schedule came out, and I, I made a list and had it printed out, and I put it in my locker. And this is the beginning before the season even starts. So that is my level. That's that had that sets the tone for the entire season. I have no choice but to show up. Seventeen weeks. 
And did you, did you do that? But, but see, the thing I also think, you talk trash, you have fun, but you were a professional. You showed up to practice every day. Yeah. You kept yourself in shape. You, so you were still a professional football player, you, even though you were talking trash and having come, fun. That you were comes with it, though. Yeah. That's automatic. Yeah. You don't get to that level without that discipline of doing the small, basic things you just named. Yeah. But then I needed that extra edge to keep myself motivated, to keep me going. So the, tr the, the trash talking turned from having fun as a kid to using it as a motivation tool once I was at the highest level, which they didn't understand. You know, they felt it was a distraction. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, especially like yeah. with the, you know, with being who he was, like it's easy for someone to have success and get complacent. Of course. You know, you gotta, you know, you gotta find, you gotta continue to find little things that like, it's little stuff like my tracks. I need to be faster. Uh, I need to eat better, sleep better, you know, now I feel like I'm growing to a pro. To be a real pro. To be a real pro, like exactly. sleep, Which diet. Which is a thing, yeah, that's a real little thing. Little things like that. Like, to be more, like the next five years, my goal is to be more explosive than I was my first four years. Exactly. So just learning how to carry, especially with social media nowadays, all the cameras and yeah. everybody watching. Be a pro. Being a, be a pro, pro, always, you never know who watching. Somebody's and, always watching. And have you seen guys through that come into the league and struggle? They're still yeah. good football players, but they're struggling with that professional yeah. part of it. Yeah, all the time, just because when you make it to the league, you think a lot of guys come in with the mindset, I made it to the league. Yeah. You ain't make it to the league yet. You know, you still got to go through about like three years till you understand how the league operates. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys get it, but probably 90% of the guys don't because it's different. It's, it's a business. You know, uh, just with by being a business and you having fun and still meeting your full potential, that's hard. You know, so you got to learn how to do all those things. And that's not even the family stuff yep. and your homeboy stuff. That's just football and being exactly. a pro when the camera's on watching you. So Exactly. You know, Uncle Luke, for you, how rewarding is that to know that He's played in the program, played at Liberty City. You know, I'm sure just like the rest of the country, young black men, we get a stigma of being this or being that. And now you see guys who played in Liberty City who are professional football players, but not just that they made it to the NFL, that they actually carry themselves like pros. This is stuff, yeah. you know, people don't think people who come from places like Liberty City can become a pro and handle themselves in an environment, yeah. whether it be football or, like you said, the commissioner. But that must be... Super rewarding for you. No, it's, it's, it's crazy rewarding for me because, you know, when you when you are, when you own a hip-hop record label in Miami in the 80s, there's no <laughs> such thing. You know, that's rap just don't come from Miami. Exactly. So you had to basically do it on your own. You didn't invent the, it. You didn't invent it. You invent it and you do it from the standpoint of being independent. But then you have to have a circle around you. You know, and that's why when I look at, you know, what you guys do with you and LeBron and the team that you all, you know, have around you all, I look at it the same way as I look at Chad. Chad, every day, every Sunday, Saturday, his former teammates from the park, they're on the airplane going to see him play. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with him. His teammates, they live in Atlanta and they work in Atlanta and they go and support him to see him play. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's... That's rewarding to me yeah. that they haven't discovered all these foreign people to come around them. 
you know, to help them guide their their destiny. Yeah. You know, he he, you know, uh, Big Dave would tell him whether he right or wrong. Exactly. You know, and Chief would tell him whether he right or wrong. Yeah. You know, and but then they, you know, because they know him. The same thing, you know, you know, with uh, Kenza and. And Poppy, which is his cousin, right? Poppy. Poppy is some kid in the chat. Yeah. So that Poppy is is the guy that's around him. Just like, you know, when we look at, you know, the things that you guys are doing, you know, they keep that circle, but then they keep the independence of 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 okay, we could do this together. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Even though he's the guy and we could do this together and we could try and build something. So, you know, I always I always tell him to look at what you guys are doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and 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 with you and LeBron and all and, and your whole group, we are inspired by what you all do. But we've seen it, but we're more inspired. That's why we can go and say, hey, look, he could he could depend on my wife, the lawyer, you know, who he grew up with and okay. She's gonna be my agent. You know what I'm saying? And and the family and I can depend on having a conversation with me and I can talk to him and I can talk to the guys around him. So, you know, those are those are the those are things that make me proud. You know what I'm saying? That they don't find new friends. Exactly. You know, and they, they empower those guys, you know, and you know, even when I look at Duke or any of those guys, I, you know, they just they they just keep that warrior mentality in them. They don't stray too far away from it. You know, even if they move away, they're right there. And so that's that's what makes me proud. Yep. You know, and you don't just run around and you know you you don't see him with a bunch of strange people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When he came to the party, you seen Chad come to the party. That's Chad from, you know, and uh, all his boys. And you know, you see that and you know that same thing with him and Duke and all the rest of them. Exactly. Uncle Luke. That was an important word that you used that last time you talked about was empower, empowerment. And I think what you did with creating Liberty City, that's the thing that connected to me. And I think when you talk about what LeBron and I have done, that, that's the thing that I always say is as impressive as a basketball career LeBron is having and has had to this point, what's more impressive is how he empowers people. Same like you, how you've empowered a whole city, a whole a whole neighborhood of, of men and young boys to become young men to then become men. You're really giving them that platform and that empowerment and a whole community that, you know, young ladies to become women. And, and the program really is an empowering thing. It makes you, and then I think when people watch Warriors of Liberty City who are from other cities around the country will understand what it means to empower people. So how do we keep, for all, for all of us, how do we keep helping people and helping youth that grow up like us and that are like who we are and come from places like us from other cities? How do we keep helping them? Like this, pieces like this. You know, the exposure, allowing the kids to see that, okay, if they did it from there and I can relate to that and I come from the same single parent home, you know, they see, wait, 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 wait a minute. You mean Devontae had the same struggles and he playing on Sundays at one o'clock? Mm -hmm. We going through the same stuff, allowing the exposure to be seen. So we're in, this is a social media era. The stuff that we're doing like this, allowing people to see stuff that they can relate to all over the world, yep. there's a way, there's always hope. Yep. And I, I think uh, to piggyback off what Chad said, I think it's just 
especially with social media, that's key. Uh, but just going back, giving our time, even if it's 30, 40 minutes out the day, uh, and just sharing our stories and just being there for the kids. And, you know, a lot of people put us up here and we really like right there with them. You get what I'm saying? Uh, just communicate, understand, like, you put, a lot of issues goes on when people make it to the league. You know, we get busy, but at the same time, it's, people have to understand that. You know, we just need to understand each other and try to work with each other. We can help each other if we just drop our ego. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think, you know, just to piggyback, piggyback on both of them, is just like you say, it's not money at all. It's just the mere presence of him giving back, inspiring him, him going out there, inspiring another, you guys doing what you're doing, you know, inspiring a nation of others and more black empowerment of us taking care of our own, you know, and we can do it because we see Mav do it, we see LeBron do it, we see Chad do it, you know, that that's that that's that's a million dollars. That's worth a million dollars. And I tell them all the time, just go back to the program, reach out and touch somebody, you know, and have a conversation. Uh, FaceTime a kid, yep. you know, be in their life, you know, and, and that's same thing for me. I mean, no money, you know, the information I got, the information they have, the information you have is worth millions because you can reach and touch individuals and they inspire to be better, better uh, young men. And you'll see it. You know, you see, see him at eight years old, you know, and he's running around. You know, and with his little friends, and then you give him the information. You know, as he grows on, he can only take so much information. Yep. You know, and now they become uh, responsible and respectable young men. Absolutely, and that's that's paying it forward. I got to tell you, Uncle Luke, I, I really appreciate what you've done with the program, Warriors of Liberty City, and and when I watched the show that that we created, is I'm not even from Liberty City, obviously, but when I watch it, I connect to it in a way. Mm -hmm. A, because it feels just exactly like where I'm from and the story is so intimate and the characters are such great humans that I really feel like I'm a part of it. So I want to thank you for creating the program, even though I never played in it, but I feel like I'm a part of it. Yeah, everybody, everybody's a part of it. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it, unfortunately in this, in, in this world, um, the, the, the social struggles are similar, whether it's Liberty City, Watts, Akron, Compton, it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's the, it's the same, same feelings. It's the same the game plan same. that that that's that's being played in and and with this piece, um, you know, thank God you guys uh, decided to put it on. With this piece, everybody will be able to relate to each individual, just like you can relate to uh, the characters in there. Appreciate it. I want to thank all you guys for doing this. Appreciate it. No doubt. Thank you. That does it for this episode of Who's Interviewing Who, the podcast. And if you want more Maverick Carter, why don't you check out Needing Dough, the podcast. It's uh, hosted by none other than Mav. He sits down to talk finances with the biggest stars in all of sports. Also check out Film Study, a podcast here on WRTS that I produce that's hosted by 
Super Bowl champ, now Hollywood producer, Spencer Pacinger, and his producing partner, Dane Mork, where they break down the biggest blockbusters from each week. That's released here on WRTS every Wednesday. Tune in next week for the last episode of Who's Interviewing Who, the podcast.